it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlight. Enjoy the episode. Hey, just a language warning for this episode. This episode has been brought to you by The Afterlight Institute. Ignite the light, magic, and miracles within. If you're a spiritual professional and have been building your skills and knowledge for years and feel ready to share this wisdom with the world, then The Afterlight Institute wants to work with you. If you want to create your very own online course without having to worry and stress about the technology and the marketing, then you are strongly urged to apply. All the details can be found at theafterlightinstitute.com. Grace here and welcome to the show. I am joined today by Katrina Jane. She is a down-to-earth, out-of-the-box, clairvoyant medium, multiple times award-winning author, inspirational speaker, teacher, and thought leader who is dedicated to guiding people on their soul journey. Her specialties include death and dying, clairvoyant readings, support for sensitive children, and empowering women to find their purpose and live their dreams. Katrina is joining me today to talk about her work as a clairvoyant medium. We're going to be talking about, you know, what a clairvoyant reading entails, how she first sort of discovered that she actually even had these gifts, and we're going to be talking about sensitive children. Are sensitive children more common now, or are we just understanding that that's what they are and we're talking about it more? So Katrina, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. So our listener at home knows this, and I say it every single time. I start every conversation the same because I think we really need to kind of go back before we can go forward. So I'd love to know a little bit about how your journey started. Are you one of those mediums who could always see dead people, or is this a, a thing that you developed over time? Um, it's actually a little bit of a convoluted story, to be honest. Um, I was actually brought up in a strict religious religious background. So I was brought up a strict Seventh-day Adventist. So obviously, you know, seeing dead people, clairvoyancy was just a no-no. Like that's against the rules of the Bible, so to speak. So it was not something that I was ever actually aware of. Though once I left the church and understood more about spiritualism and all that sort of thing, I actually realised, yes, as a child, I did actually see spirits. I always had them as my imaginary friends. Um, and I just kind of thought everybody saw angels and people that they talked to, but I never talked about it to anybody. Um, so it was one of those things where opening my eyes to the different belief systems of the world and all that, I sort of went, oh, that's kind of what I do, <laughs> you know, without <laughs> realising I did it. And it wasn't until I had a girlfriend drag me off to see a, a clairvoyant um, quite a few years ago now. And I had my reading with her and she was lovely. And she actually stopped at the end of the reading. She said to me, you know, you're a clairvoyant, right? And I went, oh, no, 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 no. I was still kind of a little bit, woo, tarot cards and more evil stuff, yeah. you know. And, and she was like, no, no, you are a clairvoyant. I went, no, no. She goes, no, no. She goes, you will be greater than I will ever be. Oh. And I went, no, 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 no. Like you're, you're, you know, you're talking shit you're now. Kind. That's, that's what you're, you're doing. And, and, <laughs> and, um, because I was sort of kind of freaking me out. And she goes, look, I'm just going to ask you some questions. I'm like, no, don't, don't, don't test me. Like, you know, and she goes, no, no. She goes, I'm just going to ask you some questions. And I want you to just answer with the first thing that pops in your head. That's all you have to do. Don't think about it. 
just that random image that comes into your head, answer. I went, okay. And she goes, where did I live as a child? I went, on the beach. She goes, what did my house look like? I was, I was like a white fibro home, you know, right, right near, the, near the ocean. And she goes, yeah, yeah. And she goes, what did I used to do for a living? I said, you're a counsellor. And she goes, who did, you, who did I counsel? I said, oh, prisoners. And she goes, what colour was my uniform? I went, oh, it was navy and red. They were, all the answers were right. Oh, my. Goosebumps, girl. And, Damn. Yeah, and, and she actually... She actually asked me about 10 questions and I just went, okay, blah, 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 blah. And, and then that was like, oh, oh. And she went, you're right. You got all of, I think I've got nine out of 10 questions, right? And wow. I just went, ah. Oh. And she goes, that's, she goes, that's all it is. That's all clairvoyance is. She goes, and I went, ah, oh. you know, ah. Oh. And she said, go to the spiritualist church. At that time I was living in Newcastle in New South Wales. And she said, go to the spiritualist church start developing it, start understanding how it works and like go to meditation classes and blah, blah. So I actually started doing that. And that's when all the weird crap in my life sort of happened. It was like, ah, you know, and, and exciting weird crap, so to speak. But it was that opening up and actually understanding it, going, this is really weird. And look, even today when I do readings and after I've done this podcast with you, I've got a few like phone readings and that to do. And I always start going, look, I've got this information for you. It's really weird, you know, like <laughs> you don't have the full understanding of the messages that you're yeah. given. You just got to give what you get, yeah. you know? So that's how my journey kind of started. So it didn't, even though it was always there. And I said to people, I've always been that one that people always come to for advice. Mm. I've always been able to see outside the square with things. So people go, blah, blah. And I go, Oh no, no, what I'm actually hearing is X, Y, Z. Do you mean? And I actually didn't realize it was actually that that clairvoyancy. It wasn't just, you know, the empathic side of me, of course, but yeah. I was getting information for people that I, you know, I don't know where that came from, but yeah. Oh, so that's, that's kind so of, cool. yeah. It's so kind of how it started. <laughs> that's so awesome. I do want to talk to you in a few minutes about maybe you could share one of your most memorable meetings just because it's such a, uh, such an awesome subject. But before we get to that, you mm -hmm. did sort of mention mm -hmm. that once you were aware that you had this talent, that you were sort of directed to go and develop it. So you mentioned the spiritual school, you mentioned meditation. So can you talk to me a little bit about that process? Like, how did you know what to do first? Did it come intuitively to you? Did you have to meditate for a certain amount of time every day to develop these skills? How much did you practice? Yeah, sure. Now, obviously everybody is different and that's, mm -hmm. that's the main thing. Like, Everything I always say to people, you know, when I, like I've got, you know, developing your clairvoyance workshops and things like that. And I say to people, you run at your own pace. You'll have your own abilities. You can't compare yourself to anybody else. So there's no set. You must meditate for three months and then, you know, you, you will do it yourself. So for me, literally going to the spiritualist church was the biggest hurdle because I'd been brought up in the Adventist church. To me, it was this devil. I think God, they, you know, sacrifice animals and drink their blood and, you know, all of these weird things in my head. And I think it took me probably about six months to psych up the courage to actually step foot inside the church. Right. That's how ingrained the doctrination was from the religion. And I stepped in there and I just started just kind of going to the church, you know, just seeing what they did, which was just like a normal kind of church. They just sang songs and did things, you know, blah, blah, blah. And what they did is they did what they called flower reading, which is psychometry. So you're picking the energy from an item and giving a message from that. So people would pick a flower from their garden and put it in a paper bag. So it's done um, anonymously. And that's just one of the things that they did there. And they also held meditation classes, some through the day and some at night. And there was just, I just decided I'm going to go to the you know, Monday night one. This is probably a couple of months after start, starting to go to the church. And I, I had no 
high expectations about anything. Like I didn't say to them, oh, look, you know, I've been told I'm a clairvoyant and I need to develop this. And so what do you think I should do? I just went, okay, I'm just going to start meditating and just see where that goes. Do you mean? Like it's just this yeah. whole thing. And just going into the meditation, again, it probably took me a while. I would say it didn't take a long, long time. Like I didn't have to meditate for five years before something happened. I was literally starting to just get into the meditation and getting messages pretty well straight away, but I didn't really tell anybody about it because it was just like, no, this is just my little personal journey that I'm doing here. I also tried to meditate at home and I'm going to tell people right now I am a useless meditator you know I highly recommend meditating because I know how good it is but I do I'm one of those people my brain is just going 10 million miles to the dozen so I'm actually one of those people who really should meditate more than I actually do Mm -hmm. so at home I just sort of sit there and just try and be in a quiet space not listening to music or anything like that and things just started coming to me and so it developed it probably was a journey of at least a year I would say maybe even a little bit longer because again I didn't try and push it or do things and then you know what happened is you know in the meditation class at the end of the meditation class they go right did anybody have any messages for anyone and I go oh yeah blah 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 and then people go oh thank you for that blah 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 then I was actually asked to, do you want to come up and do some flower readings, like some of these psychometry? I was like, oh, God, God. standing up in front of people is the most terrifying thing doing this because you think, oh, what if I'm wrong? What if the information is just rubbish, you know, blah, blah. Is. But I gave it a go. It's, you just sort of, at some point you've got to, I'll give this a go. And so I started to do that. And I was doing quite well at doing that. And then I ended up taking the service in the church, do you mean, and doing the talks. And so it was, it was this slow mm-hmm. progress that I, I did it. I'm going to say to people, don't wait until you actually think you're ready because you'll never feel ready. You just got to kind of push yourself. Go, I'm just going to give it a go. That's so and cool. and do it that. So look, all up and up, it was probably a journey of a couple of years, but I was really getting information almost from point dot because I've always done it. Do you know what I mean? But it was just like building up my confidence in doing that yeah. and understanding that those weird random things in my head were actually messages. Yeah, yeah. And, I would imagine, you know, and, and understanding how to divide it. I'd imagine talking to people who are outside of your circle as well, because very often when we know people, it's easier to give advice. You wouldn't necessarily equate it to, you know, having a, you know, kind of an outside perspective, you might think, oh, I just know you so well that I, I just can see your routine here or what you've always done. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So yeah, it is, is a bit like that. So it's, it's a bit more than just offering advice in that sense, because you can get this whole feeling behind people, you know, and it's like when I do readings for people, sometimes, you know, say for instance, they're trying to work out what career they want to be doing. And I'll just sit there and go, right, well, you don't really like dealing with idiots, do you? And they went, no, okay, great. So what you aren't going to be is a customer service operator or you're not going to be a police officer. Do you mean like, so it's yeah. like I can pick up what their personalities are with barely talking to them or, you know, you've got a real affinity with animals. Oh yeah, I do. Okay. So what you should be, you know, so normal advice wouldn't involve that. Mm, yeah. Because exactly. you wouldn't pick up that sense of people, you know? So yeah. So yeah, that does how is how it kind of works. That's so cool. Can we talk about psychometry for a minute? Because on this show, I've actually only interviewed somebody really early, early on. Um, And for our listener at home, if you want to go back almost to the beginning, you can listen to the conversation with David, the flower man. And that's just an amazing conversation. That's the only time I've really talked about psychometry. So can you kind of explain how it works? I know you sort of generalized there. You talked about people bring a flower, they put it in a paper bag, and then sort of what happens? Can you just... 
explain that a little bit more? Okay. So it doesn't have to be a flower. Yeah, absolutely. Anything that we have worn. Okay. For instance, I'm wearing a watch. Okay. If I went to the spiritualist church, I could take my watch off and put it into the bag. Okay. Okay. So it doesn't have to be a flower. It can be any item. So with the flower, you're just not quickly picking it. You're sort of holding the flower. So what you're trying to do is put your energy into the item. So that what happens is, so you open up the bag. Sometimes I used to just hold the bag between my hands and just see what I could get without actually even touching the item. One, because I didn't actually want to know what the item was first. Like sometimes it's a flower. Sometimes, again, people put something personal in. And what you will find, which I think is really funny, and this is the the fake ones who do this, they will read the item, not the energy from the item. So to give you an example, if it was a watch, they pick up the watch and go, yes, it's nearly time. It's nearly time for you to do that. And so they're actually like taking, oh, it's a watch, so it's time. And it, do you mean? And that's how they do it. And it's really, really weird. And it's really hilarious. And there was one particular person who did this every single time. If it was a pen, the person should be journaling. And so as soon as she pulled the item out, I would know exactly what she was going to say. And it had nothing to do with clairvoyance because she did the same thing every single time. Right. And but what psychometry, how it works is you pick up the watch and you'll go, oh, I feel sadness mm. with this or, you know, I'm feeling happiness or frustration and, um, you, you know, and, and you're going along that sort of lines or I'm feeling a male energy around you or, you know, and, and that's how psychometry works. You're not going, yes, you're running late for an appointment. <laughs> You need a new battery. The second hand has stopped working. Yeah, you need a new battery. Yes, yes, yes. Learn to read 24 hour time. I don't know. You know, it's so can you does that make sense? How yeah, yeah. so it's literally getting the energy. So I, I do believe anything that we have has energy in it. So I always say to people, if you want to practice psychometry. And there's no right or wrong. Don't try and get validation for what you're doing. You're literally just trying to practice and see what you get. Go into a secondhand store, pick up anything. It will have an energy to it. You know, sometimes you pick it up and think, oh, that feels sad. That feels sad. I don't know why it feels sad, but it feels sad. If you're at work, pick up somebody's coffee mug that you don't know and just see if you can get anything from the energy of it. Do you mean? It's, that's, that's how psychometry works. And that's the way you can actually develop it if you want to give it a go. That's so cool. So when you get these impressions, do you, um, you know, just for you, cause I know it's different for everybody. Do you, you were talking about feeling, do you get feelings and then you also get maybe pictures or do you primarily get your information from feeling? Yep. So there are the five senses, like the clear essence, clear audience, clear, you know, and so people can smell things, hear things, see things. And when you see things, it's literally in your third eye. So you're seeing them in your mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do sometimes actually see things outside as well. You know, um, you can taste things. So you've got all these different auditory ways of receiving information from the spirit world and receiving energy. I actually do all five. And so they randomly come in all different ways. I always say I feel because you can, I can, I've actually burst into tears because the, the message is so big for me that I was the one actually crying and when oh. I was, you know, somebody else. And, and um, I've done many a reading where as soon as I pick up the phone to talk to them, I get a cold because the person on the phone's got a cold. And as soon as I finish my conversation with them, my cold goes. I've done a reading for someone who um, I was connecting with their dad in the spirit world and I really was struggling to breathe. My, my lungs were on fire. And I just said to them, 
did they die of a lung condition because I'm really struggling to breathe? And they're going, oh, no, no, no. And in the end, the bloody person had emphysema or something. I can't remember what the illness was. And I'm going, you do realise that's a lung condition, right? You know? And they went, you know, that was, that's, they sort of went away. And I literally had to go outside and just walk on the grass and go, oh, my God, oh, my God, clear it out, clear oh, it out. Wow. Because I literally can take on the symptoms. I have felt like I'm being strangled when somebody has committed suicide and hung themselves. So I I get the physical of those. I visualize and see things, you know, I can hear things. I have smelt things. Um, I've run at my husband once, this is a number of years ago. And I said to him, did you just go past a building site with now chopping timber? Cause I can smell freshly cut wood. He went, yeah, I did. Amazing. So it's, it's, but everyone is different. Some people will only ever, literally hear a voice not necessarily their own voice but a voice in the spirit world and that's the only way that they do it and other people again will be I feel this yeah or I see this you know yeah so So, it's it's quite so it just randomly comes in all different ways for me it's not like a set it's always this Mm. so basically just to recap you went to a clairvoyant she alerted you to the fact that you had you know these these gifts you went and you started to develop them when was the first time that you started to really realize that you were getting physical impressions from people? I would imagine that, you know, that would have been a real shock the first time you realized that that what was hap- that's what was happening. Do you remember that experience mm. or is it so disfamiliar now that maybe it's all blended together? There was one, I suppose, one story, one story that I think that really made me go, ah, oh okay, this is actually real, was the woman who actually facilitated the meditation classes, her name was Marcia, and her mother had passed away. I had met her mother, I think, once. Her mother had died from motor neurone disease, which was a horrible, horrible disease. And by the time I had actually met her, she actually couldn't speak. So she could still, she'd still sort of write things down, but she lost her ability of voice. Anyway, she had passed away. I didn't go to the funeral or anything because I did, you know, wasn't that close to anyone. Yeah. And we were sitting in the, um, just doing like the, the close your eyes, meditating in the, the spiritualist church in the service. And I just felt it was Marcia's mother with me. And I heard her laughing, which is weird because I never heard her laugh. I never heard her voice. And she was laughing. And she said, tell Marcia fruit cake." And I went, I was like, what the like I'm a I'm what? a fruitcake am I a fruitcake for safety yeah 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 and I'm going but what and I'm going you know and she's going no 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 she was telling Marcy fruit like Christmas cake plum pudding fruit cake and I'm going but I don't like fruit cake you know I don't like plum pudding and, and yeah. I'm going this is weird this is weird. and so this is on the Sunday we went to the and I didn't say anything to Marcy because I just thought I was just like losing my mind yeah and Monday night was meditation and I still didn't even, I think, I think I didn't say anything on the Sunday and I waited to the following like Monday, like the next night, the Monday night. And it was after we'd done the whole meditation and all this sort of stuff. And I finally plucked up the courage to say, to, no, I'm, I'm tell a lie. I waited a week. I actually went to the meditation class, went back to the service the next Sunday and it took the next meditation because I was still trying to think I am just a weird, I do not want to say this because I am going to look like I am a fruitcake. Do you mean yeah. I am actually going to sound like a fruitcake saying this? Is this, this is some kind of weird bloody message? And I got to the Monday night and the class had all finished. And I said to, to Marcy, I said, I have to tell you something that is just, I feel an idiot. I feel really, really stupid. And she went, okay. I said, I was sitting in meditation like, like in, the, in church last, last week. And I'm, I swear to God, your mother came to me and she was laughing. 
and you know I've never heard her laugh so I, you know but I said she was just laughing her head off and I said she kept saying like fruit cake and plum pudding and I don't understand because I don't like fruit cake or plum pudding and I said I don't understand what this is meant to mean and she just said to me that was the word to know that she was okay on the other side she was going to come back and say fruit cake wow that's amazing you know yeah and yeah but like I said you're sitting there as a, as a clip going what the hell like what's fruitcake supposed to mean you know like there's and you don't get any other you don't get any other message sometimes you literally it is just that word yeah or it is just that feeling or it is just this and you're sitting there I don't understand what this is meant to mean but it's not meant to mean anything to me it's meant to mean something to the person who's actually getting the message yeah and so that was that particular story was one of those Mm. ones where I just went ah this is real this actually is something. Yeah. I, yeah. It's amazing. When do you decide whether or not to share a piece of information with somebody? Because I remember I interviewed somebody um, ages ago and they were telling me that when they were first aware of their gift, that they were getting a lot of messages from spirit for a lot of people all of the time. And it was really difficult mm. because they weren't setting boundaries and they weren't always aware of Yes. What to tell people and what not to tell people. So mm. how have you sort of been able to navigate that in your own life? And if you have a message for somebody who hasn't asked for it, do you deliver it anyway? No, I don't. Um, this is actually so when I do, my, like I said, when I do my classes on how to develop your own clairvoyancy, I'm a firm believer that you should never, ever, ever walk up to a complete stranger and go, I have a message for you. I completely, I know people do it. I'm just saying I personally disagree with that. One, it's an evasion of their privacy. Yeah. Two, as a clairvoyant, you don't know the background of anything. You just get one message. And just to use it as an example, there could be a lady in the chemist shop, right? And you feel this male with you and, you know, goes, look, I'm her dad. I just want you to tell her that I love her. Okay. And you think, oh, that's beautiful. I must tell that. So you walk up to this woman and you go, look, I know this might sound a little bit weird, but I just got a message from you from your father. And he says that he loves you. You don't know. He could have been sexually abusing her for all of her childhood. Yeah. She might not want that message. Yeah. Okay. And he's in the spirit, what he's wanting forgiveness. Do you mean, and that could just, she could just burst into tears and she could hate you and scream at you. And how dare you, you, that bastard. Mm. I don't want him anywhere near me. Do you mean, you don't know those things as a clairvoyant. So that's what I say to people. You never, ever, ever breach that. However, you pay for a reading with me and I give you everything. (laughs) Do you mean, I won't (laughs) hold back on things. Because you've paid, you've said, I give you permission Mm. to give me whatever it is that you, you get. Yeah, But I, I will never, regardless of what the message is, I will never, ever give a message to somebody who actually hasn't asked for one. Mm. I just Wait. think it's an evasion of privacy. And like I said, you don't know the background. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with that. And I think it's important to establish that as well, because I think mm. that, you know, when you're somebody that has ethics, it kind of says a lot about who you are too. So I, you know, and yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, out of curiosity, if somebody does come to you for a reading, I'm sure that this has happened to you many times. They come in and they might have some kind of an agenda. They're like, all right, now what I really want is Katrina to tell me X, Y, Z. How do you deliver news when it's not 99 line? 99. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how 99% of people that? will want to know. Yeah. Um, I actually have what I call my little indemnity before I start the reading. And I actually say to people, I'm here to give you what I'm given. I'm not here to tell you what you want to hear. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, and I say to people, I can't, everything I give to you is with love. It comes from, from you know, a kindness. Um, mm. But I am not going to tell you things that you want to hear if I'm not given that information. So I actually say to them, am I allowed to swear? Um, I actually say to them, so please yeah. don't rip my head off and poop down my neck because I'm not going to tell you that you're going to be the mother of six children or you're going to be a famous yeah. opera singer or whatever it is that you want to hear. Because if I don't get it, I'm not going to say it. Yeah, exactly. And I guess when people are even though I know you, you want to hear it, they should know that about you as well, right? Do you kind of think it's important to yeah, sort of understand yeah. the medium or the clairvoyant you're going to before you sign yes, up with absolutely. them? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I um you know, and, and I know people like I've had uh, inverted commas friends and no longer friends, but, um, you know, who will clairvoyant shop until they find the one that tells them what they want to hear. And then that's oh, a really good clairvoyant. Right. People do it all the time. Do you mean? And so when people go, you know, it's like, did you, do, can you recommend a good clairvoyant? Oh, yeah, I told that she told me I was going to be a famous writer and then I'm <gasps> going to do X, Y, Z. And like everything is just like, and it's like, yeah, because that's everything I wanted to hear. And yeah. You know, and it's like, and, and to give you the opposite of that, I actually had a woman contact me. And this is one of the hardest things as a clairvoyant to do for people. But I actually had a woman contact me um, wanting to know when she would fall pregnant. Okay. She lived overseas. I've done all already. My audience is worldwide. Mm-hmm. And I just said to her, look, I'm, I'm sending you this with love, but I'm going to actually say, I don't feel it's going to happen for you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now I say to people, I'm more than happy for you to prove me wrong. Mm. with the information that I'm getting I do believe that you'll be parents but I don't feel that you'll fall pregnant so you're either going to adopt or foster do you mean like that sort of thing mm. but I just don't feel you falling pregnant and she was really angry with me and I said to her and I, and I said I, I really come from this point where I actually struggle to fall pregnant myself so I do have empathy with what you're going through yeah. and she was like oh you're just saying that because you had problems falling pregnant that's why I, you're saying I can't have a baby I'm going no I'm not saying it like because of that I'm just saying I understand the stress that you're going through Mm. and her and her husband had been trying for 10 years to Mm. fall pregnant and you know and I said to her look I'm sorry that I have to tell you this but I do have to come from a point of honesty she says well I've got another clairvoyant that I go to all the time and he says I'm going to fall pregnant I said yes but he's been telling me that for 10 years and it hasn't come true yet Mm. you know and I just Mm. said to her look I wish you all the best and I hope that I am wrong. I mm. hope the information that I got is wrong. But please let me know when you do fall pregnant. I'd, be, I'd love to hear it and I have not heard from and that was like five years ago. This episode has been brought to you by the Afterlight Institute. Ignite the light, magic and miracles within. How malleable is the future? It is. Look, I always the way I explain it to people is, I do believe we all have lessons to learn. Like we've come back, we've reincarnated. Okay, in this lifetime, I need to experience X, Y, and Z. Those big things that we have to experience, we are not going to be given information about in a clairvoyant reading because we will try and change the future. Okay, if I turn around and said to you, Lauren, you know, okay, in six weeks' time, you're going to be in a car accident and be a quadriplegic. How are you going to live your life in the next six weeks? I'm not leaving my my house, my room. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Do you know what I mean? Like you'll do everything you can to avoid it and blah, blah, blah. So and then you're not living your life the way we're supposed to be living our lives. Mm. So I say to people, even for me, I go through crap just like everybody else does. I am not forewarned about it. However, the little bits and pieces that you get, for instance, in a clairvoyant reading, 
you can change because you've been given the information. So if I turned around, okay, to give you an example from another reading, and I will say to people, I don't remember names of the people I've had the read. I wouldn't even remember what people look like. I just remember bits and pieces of readings. Mm-hmm. It was an it was an um, it was an emailed reading. This particular one, and all I said to her was, I just see some kids in a boat, okay, and I'm just saying to you. Do not let those children in that boat, on that lake, river, whatever it is, unless they have life jackets on. I said, you kick and scream and you throw a tantrum. I think she was the grandmother. And and I just said, you know, they're younger children. Everyone's got to be, they'll be fine, they'll be fine, you know, blah, blah. I said, do not, I'm telling you, do not let them do this. She emailed me like a month later and she said, just letting you know we're at the park or whatever it was and there was a boat and the kids wanted to get in chairs and I threw an absolute tantrum saying they must wear life jackets they didn't want to wear their life jackets and everyone's saying I'm a party pooper blah 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 she forced them to wear their life jackets and the boat capsized right so they were fine right okay so you've been given that information you can follow it or you can ignore it Mm. So I was saying, I can see something happening, the boat capsizing, the kids drowning, blah, blah, blah. You must make them wear a life jacket. So she changed it. And it's the same as, you know, I say to people, you know, I can say you're going to have four children. You can go, I don't bloody want four children. So after two, you get your tubes tied. Okay. Like, you mean? Like you, once you've got that information, you can do it. The other thing with the spirit world that I found is really interesting is those in the spirit world really know you more than I don't know you. I don't know all the details of who you are. Yeah. And sometimes they'll give you information for you to literally go, you can't tell me I can't do that. I'm going to go and show you to prove you wrong because that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. <laughs> and it has happened. You'll go, oh, you were wrong because you said X, Y, Z. I went, ah, no, actually, I believe that you're given that information that way so that you would actually take the path that you're supposed to take. Otherwise, prove me wrong. I do firmly believe that if you are given information, you can change it because you know it's going to happen. You can make decisions. To, you know, I can say to someone, you're definitely going to go to university and then I go, no, nah, not doing that. Don't want to. Okay, don't. Hmm. That's fine. Do you mean like you don't have to follow the, the directive that you're given? Right. But I think once you know what's going to happen, you can t- make decisions to either m- not make it happen or make it happen. Yeah, so are you being given information so you wouldn't be given information about somebody unless that was going to help them because I mean, with all yes, the messages that they right. could deliver, they would never waste your time or their time with something that's not none of your business or the person wouldn't feel comfortable discussing that's right. or that's not going to be helpful in any way. That's it. That's absolutely right. Hmm. All right. Well, let's kind of change the topic of the conversation a little bit now to um, <clears throat> to the subject sure. that I was alluding to at the top of the hour. So I did want to talk a little bit about, you know, sensitive children. So I guess one of the things that I'm starting mm-hmm. to realize is that there are a lot of sensitive children, obviously. I don't have children, but I know a lot of children and I'm sort of realizing now that there's a lot of different diagnoses. There's a lot of children that are sort of being, um, you know, labeled with different things. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about that. So how long have you been working with sensitive children or do you work with the parents and then sort of help guide their sensitive children? And also what is a sensitive child exactly? Yeah. Okay. So I usually work with the parents because usually the main issues are when the children are a lot younger, like three, four and all that sort of thing. Um, And it can be the main one that comes up for me is my kid is scared to go to bed or they're waking up in the night and they won't go back to bed and, you know, and we're not getting any sleep and we're ready to kill ourselves because we're just so exhausted and blah, 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 you know, and I go, 
the first thing is a sensitive child is someone who can see the spirit world is I suppose is the easiest way to do. they can pick up energies they might not see things but they can just go I don't like that person they just know they've just got they've got that energy they're, they're, they're empathic they, they can feel the energies of people and so they can react much more um, volatilely at times because especially when they're younger because they can't express yeah what they're feeling or what they're saying. They don't even understand what's going on. They just know that this, it feels scary in my bedroom at night. Okay. Or, you know, mm. for, for what, as an example. And so I'll say to the parents, well, the first thing to do is do not dismiss what your child is feeling. Mm. And I know a lot of psychologists or whatever out there would be going, oh, no, don't, you know, don't let them think that what they're feeling is real, but it is real to them. I've been that kid. Mm -hmm. I've been that kid that saw things. And I think it's just validating going, okay, so you're scared. Why are you scared? Who, who is it? Is there somebody in your room? What do they look like? Get them to talk about it if they can, you know, depending on the, um, the how old they are and that, you know, I actually created a little, um, like a, it's a monster banishing box kind of thing that you, again, you can get it on my website, but it's, it's these little things that you can do to help your child feel like they are in control. Because I do think it's one of those things that we need to teach our children is one resilience, but two, that I have the capability to stop this from happening if I don't want it to happen. And, you know, I say to people, you know, there's a monster banishing spray, which has actually got these essential oils in it that is actually just very calming for kids. And, you know, you spray that under the bed or in the wardrobe or up in the corner, you know, wherever it is that the, the bad person stands, um, you know, and, and develop this sort of dialogue with them. And then they feel like they're in control. And you can tell them, you know, tell them to go away and, you know, whatever. It's that's for when kids are sort of scared of, of, of things, you know, um, and are sensitive because, they, again, they don't understand. Um, but then you get the other sensitive children who go, oh, Poppy came and sat on my bed last night and talked to me. And you're there going, hold on, Poppy died 10 years ago and you don't know who Poppy is. <laughs> do you know what right. I mean? Like you've never met Poppy. So how do you know? Oh, yeah, and he was wearing these pants and this shirt. And you're going, how does he know? How do, how do they know that was his favourite shirt yeah. and pants? And, you know, and Poppy will say, and so I always say to people, don't shut it down. Whatever you do, don't shut it down down just go to them wow really what did poppy say oh my gosh did poppy want to give me a message no well how about next time he's on his bed you ask him if there's anything he wants to tell me do you mean mm. open up and don't make it this weird scary thing yeah just go aren't you great that you can see poppy and i can't i think that's brilliant yeah same goes for imaginary friends there's no such thing as imaginary friends they can see spirits i think sometimes it's hard for the for the adult in a way to sort of process that you know how do you kind of guide the parents also in kind of overcoming their own fear and um you know especially when they can't see that themselves or they're not maybe comfortable with the subject matter just yet yeah absolutely and look, and that happens so much so much with parents you know we've got our own belief systems and kids will feed off our reactions so for instance you know little girl in the bedroom you're like what What's it? Oh my god! And you start sort of what? And the kids are like, "Go! Oh my god! This is a bad thing! This is a bad thing!" Yeah. And so I say to people, "Your reaction is actually what your kids are going to feed yeah. off." So if you just go, "Oh, that is so cool," you have to put aside whatever you believe yeah. and whatever you think, and just appreciate your child. Your child is a little individual, and it's our job as adults to raise good adults. Yeah, and we to raise those children to be the best of their own abilities. So we're not to force 
our children to be soccer players if they just hate sport. Mm. Do you mean? Like because we want our child to play soccer. So I said it's about appreciating that your child can see this. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and just encouraging them. Like it's, it's, it's a talent no different to if your child was suddenly a maestro with music, you'd go buy them a piano and you would encourage it. And, you know, if they were a good singer, you would encourage it. So this is no different. This is a talent. This is something special about them yeah. that they have. Yeah. So encourage it. Yeah. Okay, encourage it. So, and, and it's, again, it's, it's no different to if, we'll use the little girl as the example, <laughs> when there's a little girl in my room, it'd be no different to I made a friend down the street at playgroup. Really? What's her name? Yeah. What's her favourite colour? What dress was she wearing? Do you mean? Like, and you just treat it as if it's a real person. Yeah. Because technically it kind of is. Yeah. But as a parent, we have to put aside our own belief systems. And, again, because I was probably brought up in the, in a, yeah, because I was brought up in the strict religious upbringing, I had that indoctrinated into me as opposed to someone who just goes, you can just believe whatever you want to believe. Mm. Or, you know, and, and, and being open to that, okay, you might not believe in spooks, but your child can see them so you can't dismiss it mm. because that's unfair to your child. Yeah, yeah. So you did mention that you have a monster banishing box, which I think is just so cool. And we'll put a link to your website in the show notes as well <laughs> for a listener at home yeah. so they want to check that out. But so what would be some strategies or some tips and tricks to sort of assist your child if they are seeing spirit to kind of understand and, and maybe normalize it? Uh, do you encourage them to talk about it with their friends at school sure. as well? Because I would imagine that that would be sometimes difficult, especially if, <clears throat> you know, they're one of the only children in that way. So how have you been able to kind of exactly help set them up for that success? I think the first thing is for them to feel safe within their home environment. And as the adult, as a parent, you go, you know what you, what you can see, the fact that you can see Poppy or that little girl actually makes you very special, special. Not everybody can see that okay do you mean like just letting them know that not everyone because like I said I grew up thinking everybody did what I did but they don't yeah <laughs> you know and and it's like you know and you can even say look you're really special and you're amazing that you can do this some people might not understand that okay yeah. and so you know it's not saying don't ever speak about it with other people but I think just yeah. you know if you want to speak about it that's fine but not everybody's going to be understanding or you know understand what you're saying or be kind about it you know so it's no different to anything else that we might have with our children it's like okay you can talk about it but I think when they're really little like three four like kids just blurt things out with each other and that's just fact and off they go you know but it's once they get to school that kids start being quite nasty yeah, yeah. and that sort of thing happens so I think it does also depend on the age of the child. So when they're really little, they could probably just go to their friends. Oh, I've got an imaginary friend. Oh, fair enough. You know, yeah, too. Like, <laughs> like little ones are just so accepting of everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're, they're just so accepting of everything. So it's, it's not as big a deal. But I think it's once they get to school that that's when you find a lot of kids will actually shut things down because they suddenly realise they are odd in that sense, yeah. that not everybody. And if I say this, then people will make fun of me and yes, all of that sort of was, jazz. So yeah. I think just as a parent, you're just guiding them sort of saying, you know, some because kids don't understand, they will make fun of you. Okay. So sometimes it's just not worth the effort to try and get people to understand, but you keep doing what you're doing. Mm. You know, and you can always talk to us as your parents and family that this is okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, it is one of those, it is, it is a bit of a minefield at times for parents because, like I said, it does depend on the age of the child. Of course. But like I said, little ones, 
they're just so they're just so open about it. They really there's it's quite blunt and obvious. I wrote a book, Do You See What I See, which is help for to help little ones understand that what they're seeing is okay and they have the power to say, I don't want you coming into my room. So I've written that book as well. It's not a nice, it's not a story that's you just read to any child. It's a child who can actually see spirits. Because some people went, oh, I wouldn't read that book to my kid. I went, no, because your kid doesn't see spirits. So it's not going to make any sense. (laughs) Do you mean like it's literally written for kids who go, there's somebody in my bedroom every night, you know, that's what the book is for. Yeah, I love that a lot. Do you think that, you know, there are more sensitive children nowadays or we're just talking about it more you know with the information you know the fact that information is so readily available or are there like children coming in now that are more connected a little bit of both Mm -hmm. I think um I do think that we are more well look back into say if we're in the 1950s like everybody went to church on a Sunday and this sort of thing was never spoken about. It was really, really evil. Mm. So obviously for me, because we are now more open about different religions and different belief systems, and there's a lot of people who don't believe in any religion at all, Mm -hmm. that it's more openly accepted and spoken about. um, Whereas, you know, years ago it wasn't. But I also feel that we do seem to have quite a lot of very sensitive children coming through and I just think it's the way the world is shifting like the energies of the world and we're developing as as humans hopefully towards being better humans better people um and these little ones will be the ones that help guide that Mm. they'll be the fighters for change and there's a lot of people like yourself like myself like a lot of our guests um, or guests on the show like our listener at home potentially that are starting to step into their power or I know you've been in your power for a long time but that are kind of embracing mm. these skills and and having these conversations and kind of recognizing that wait a minute this is who I am this is you know what I want to do and what I came to do so maybe there's a lot of people that are also mm. paving the way for others to walk through a little bit easier Absolutely. I agree with that hundred percent. I know that you work with uh, a lot of women as well and to help them, you know, on their soul journey. I guess I was wondering whether or not you had any strategies for helping women or men um, or non-binary to step Mm. into their power and to overcome fear and really to, oh, I'm getting goosebumps here. So I guess it's a good question, you know, to just kind of figure out that you know, what they want to do and what their purpose is and to not be afraid and stop playing small? The first thing I always say to people um, when they're having readings with me, for instance, um, and they go, I don't know what I should be doing. I know I want to help people, but I don't know what I should be doing. The first thing I always say to people is work out what you hate doing because you don't want to be doing what you hate doing. Okay, so for instance, somebody wants to help people, but they really hate public speaking. Well, you don't want to be in a forum where you have to do public speaking because that's just going to destroy you and it's not what your soul is really wanting. Because when you say, what do you want to do? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, what don't you want to do? Oh, well, I don't want to be riding horses or I don't want to, you know, people know what they don't want to do much better than they know what they want to do. So it's like work out what you really don't want to do because that then eliminates a lot of things. The other thing is what brings you joy? Literally, what do you do that brings you joy? And if you don't, have a hobby that you just love go find one try out different things you know do different little courses you don't have to go to university I'm just talking about just the little courses learn Chinese 
know, printing or whatever, or do ceramics or learn the guitar or all those little things. Think of your bucket list, start ticking them off, start doing those things to find out what your joy is. Because that thing that you do that you just love doing that isn't work, it's just, I just, it just makes me feel good. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Mm. And people get a little bit caught up, I think, sometimes thinking that they need to be the big famous person that creates huge change in everybody's lives. And not everybody is meant to do that. Some people are just meant to be the, the copywriters of those people's books mm-hmm. or they help in the soundstage or, that, you know, they're meant to be the support people for that big person. But you're still helping. And helping doesn't have to be literally, you know, clairvoyancy, tarot reading, counsellor. You can help people in a whole heap of different ways. And it's like I said to people, if your joy is playing the guitar, maybe what you do is you'll go to nursing homes and just play the guitar for someone and somebody else is singing. You're bringing joy to people's lives. You're helping them. That's, do you mean, I think we get a little bit caught up in the helping and then saving yeah. everybody. Yeah. And it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. Helping is just bringing joy to other people's lives. Yeah. Do you think that we also have a lot of people feeling pressured to have all their shit together now? that they can't take the time to navigate and figure it out. Absolutely. And it does take time. And I think a lot of times it takes a lot of, it takes maturity for people to finally get their act together and go, oh yeah, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I love doing this. And to also have that strength to go, you know what? I don't want to do what society is telling me to do. (sighs) You know, um, you know, society is, you know, you must get married and have two children and whatever whatever and some people don't want to get married some people don't want to have children and that's perfectly okay but everybody it's like society just kind of pressures you or you have to look a certain way and you know it's about learning to embrace who you are embracing your negative aspects as well you you must accept we all have negative aspects and when we embrace them and understand them we can actually use them for good i say to people every every trait that we have as humans can be used for good or evil Mm. okay um for instance stubbornness you can be so stubborn that you cut your nose off to spite your face and even though you're wrong you're not going to admit it because you know did it however stubbornness can be one of the things that we go, no, I am not going to allow people to speak to me like that or I am going to stand up for somebody else and I am going to make this happen. That's a good, that's for good. So you take that negative traits that you have and go, okay, how do I use this for good mm. and, and understanding the way that you react? And that does take time. Not everybody gets their, you know, stuff together at 20. And I think it's wrong to expect people to have their act together at 20. We have to live. We have to experience. We have to make mistakes to work out who we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's where our soul develops, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Where we have to go through some of those life's challenges for us to finally come out the other side and go, ah, oh, now I get it. Yeah. Now I get it. Well, we're already at the end of our time together. I, I, I'm always amazed. I end every conversation. I'm like, I don't even know how that happened. But um, I wanted to yeah. know whether or not there was anything that I didn't ask you that you felt called to speak on today just before we wrap up and also how people can get a hold of you. I will put a link to your Facebook and your website as well in the show notes. Sure. Um, but yeah, I'd love to turn it over to you to kind of have a few last words if you'd like. Well, look, in all honesty, I think we've pretty well covered everything. Um, I'm just going to say I'm more than happy if people have like a general question, not a clairvoyant reading question, but if anybody has a general question about spirit world or maybe some weird stuff that's happening in their life, I'm more than happy for people to email me and ask. Okay. I don't charge people to go, I keep seeing this white light. What's this white light mean? (laughs) 
okay i'm happy to answer those questions but don't go ah is my grandmother got a message for me no, that's not how it works so you know you pay, you pay for those ones. So if you've got general questions and maybe some, just some weird things that are happening, please email me. I'm perfectly okay with answering those kind mm. of questions because I want to help you understand what's going on in your life in that regard. Um, and, yes, if you want to have a reading with me or to ask any of those weird things that have, you know, what's happening in your life, please just go to my website with www.katrina with the little hyphen jane, J-A-N-E, dot com, and you can just contact, contact me through that. Or head over to my Facebook page. It's a lot of fun. We do lots of weird stuff on there. It's good stuff. And also follow the link here because I understand that there are some imposters as well that um, you're needing to kind of navigate. Oh my the gosh, yes, there are. They're, they're frustrating. They are all the time. The minute I do live readings on my Facebook page, they start coming in and they're trying to tell people that they've got messages for them or that they're a friend of mine and I've asked them to contact them and you know and it doesn't work like that at all so oh. yeah just make sure that um don't ever pay for a reading with somebody who contacts you randomly goes I have a message for you from the spirit world they're a scammer mm -hmm. a good clairvoyant would never do that mm -hmm. perfect all right well thank you so much I really enjoyed chatting to you today Katrina I appreciate your time love chatting with you too Hi, thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a review where you listen to your podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you. New episodes every Thursday.